Welcome to The Intuitive Therapist with Janice R. Cohen, therapist, clairvoyant, empath, and medium. Listen in as she takes a no-nonsense, deep dive into real human struggles and how to resolve them. Janice will share channeled information from her spirit guide team, as well as angels and archangels, to help you master your emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual destiny. And now, Janice R. Cohen. Hey, y'all, this is Janice Cohen, the Intuitive Therapist, here on the Intuitive Therapist podcast. Have you ever wondered what drives you to do the things you do? Well, I'm excited to speak with you today because I want to talk to you about a topic that I really talk about with all of my clients, and it's very close to my heart, and it's allowed me to help hundreds and hundreds of my clients radically understand themselves and help them make massive changes that last in their lives. One of the ways that I'm able to facilitate clients experiencing these massive mindset shifts is that I talk to them about what they truly need and how they meet those needs, either in unhealthy or healthy ways. So get out your pen and paper for notes and some exercises. I want to talk to you a little bit about human needs psychology. Human needs, human needs psychology was birthed from Abraham Maslow's work around different levels of human needs. You've probably heard of Abraham Maslow's work. He has this hierarchy of human needs. Uh, and he was a well-known psychologist in the 50s and 60s who was best known for creating Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it's a theory of psychological health that's predicated on fulfilling the innate human needs in priority, which culminates in self-actualization. That's the ultimate goal. So if we were able to understand our own needs, then we can begin to understand really anybody else's needs, our partners, our family members, our friends, our colleagues, our bosses, literally anyone. That's how powerful this strategy is. And with this type of laser-like understanding of yourself and of others, you can navigate any relationship with these. I promise you, you'll be able to pick up things so quickly. When you're able to identify these things within yourself, you can actually adjust your behavior to meet all of your needs in healthy ways and end negative patterns. And you'll have a much more specialized understanding about the nature of your relationships with others, as well as understand why others behave the way they do. As I talk about these needs, they're called the six human needs, and we all have them. I'd love for you to look at yourself, but also take a moment to identify the needs of the people in your life. Maybe the people that are closest to you, your family members, the people you most interact with, maybe your boss, your friends, your colleagues, your partners, whoever's in your very, very close uh, circle. And think about uh, how you might be able to identify what needs drive their behavior. And I promise you that if you become proficient in identifying the needs within yourself, you are going to have a much easier time navigating any relationship. 
any interaction you're in because you're going to quickly learn what other people need and how you can meet their need in healthy ways as well. It's kind of like you got a secret in your back pocket. And I'm going to teach you how to carry that secret thing, that secret technique around with you all the time. But before I go any further, I want to make sure that you have that paper and pen because I'm going to be asking you some questions that you want to write down the answers to. So if you don't pause this, go get your stuff and come on back and press play. These, these exercises are going to be so amazing because they're going to reveal incredible, an incredible amount about you. And it's going to help you understand why you've made the choices that you've made. And they're also going to give you the opportunity to reprioritize the needs that you really want to have front and center. If you find yourself unhappy with your current life. And I just wanted to tell you, um, just a kind of a, a little developmental education here. When we're about five or six, usually it's around six, um, we figure out the lay of the land of our family, who we have to be uh, to kind of survive, who we have to be to get noticed, who we have to be not to get noticed. We figure it out. And even though we consciously aren't choosing that, sometimes we are, especially if we're in uh, abusive environments, we have to consciously and strategically choose how we're going to behave. Uh, But if we're not in that kind of environment, we figure out our role in the family and who does what and how we have to behave. So I want you to keep that in mind because the needs that drive you, most likely up till this point, if you haven't done a lot of self-development, the needs that have driven you all your life are based on your early experiences because you made decisions about how you were going to show up in the family and in the world. And so you figured out which of these needs you needed to meet first. So keep that in mind as I go through all of this. Okay, so in order to understand someone, you need to know what they want, what they value, what they fear, and what they believe. These are the filters through which they experience life, and so do you. You need to understand which two of the six human needs, which I'm about to share with you, they most value, and how those needs are habitually met, as well as what's preventing those needs from habitually being met. So if you're in a relationship, Pay attention to it uh, from that perspective as well. Uh, Because if you have a spouse that kind of constantly complains that you don't give them what they need or they've become distant, this might just be the reason. So you need to know what emotions the person habitually experiences and what are the rewards and punishments that they're currently facing for choosing those emotions and then choosing those behaviors. So if you're able to do this, you can literally understand somebody's entire world and you can learn to appreciate them for their positive intention to get their most urgent needs met without experiencing their behaviors as malicious. So often I talk with clients about the fact that, you know, maybe somebody came up to them and had an attitude or whatever, but I want you also to remember people bring their stuff into interactions It doesn't mean that we aren't responsible for for maybe being provocative, right? Or saying things that trigger. But ultimately, the people that come to you, that are connected to you, 
they're responsible for how they get triggered or even if they get triggered. They got their stuff. You got your stuff and your stuffs. And I said, yes, I did say stuffs. Your stuffs come together. So each of us wants our needs met all of the time. How we go about getting them met is an entirely different story. But once you're clear about what drives you to meet your most pressing needs, you can choose positive ways to meet them and grow exponentially. And you can end uh, unhealthy behavior patterns to get the needs that you have most. Now I want to tell you about the six human needs. All right, so all of us have basic needs, not merely desires, but profound needs that underlie and motivate every choice we make. And there are six basic needs that everyone seeks to fulfill. The first one is certainty. We have a need for certainty to feel safe, avoid pain, and feel comfortable in our environment. And every individual needs to have some sense of certainty and security, a roof over one's head, knowing where the next meal will come from, knowing how to get care when you're sick, knowing that a neighbor won't attack you. And these are just a few examples of what constitutes a basic sense of certainty. For some people, you know, that need, like I said, basic needs, food, water, shelter. The helpless infant needs certainty as well as the child. The adult and the elderly person need it too. The degree to which certainty is needed or desired, however, varies from person to person. So some people feel secure living in one room and collecting uh, an unemployment check. Like that's their sense of security. They're good with that. Others can feel certain certainty only if they make a million dollars each year. So I also want to remind you as you're listening, how we meet our needs is along a spectrum. Okay. So when we talk about this, we talk about ways to on the right, ways to meet your uh, needs in a healthy way. All the way on the left, ways that you meet your needs in an unhealthy way. And then of course, everything else in the middle of that is the spectrum. So just think about that as you think about these needs. So the first need is for certainty. Even though some certainty is necessary to all of us, what constitutes certainty varies from individual to individual. And that's what I'm talking about when it comes to the spectrum of, of meeting your needs. So some code words for certainty are comfort, security, safety, stability, feeling grounded, predictability, and protection. Does that make sense? The second need is for uncertainty, for variety, and for challenges that will, that will exercise your emotional <clears throat> and physical range. Everybody needs some variety in our life. Our bodies, our minds, our emotional well-being, they all require uncertainty, exercise, suspense, and surprise. The person caught in the same routine day after day is going to seek change and is going to look for some uncertainty. Just as a sense of security is reassuring, so the excitement that comes, so too uh, does the excitement that comes from variety. And it's necessary for us to feel alive. Life would be very, very dull if we did the same thing over and over again and didn't have any new experiences. We couldn't truly develop uh, in the way that we needed to. For some, variety may be satisfied by watching the news on television. Others may seek extreme high-risk activities such as extreme sports or compulsive sexuality 
or to, to satisfy their need for uncertainty, right? Just to make sure they do different things. Some people have to go out every single night to different bars to meet different people. For many, a major source of variety is to experience problems. And this is on the negative end of the spectrum. Code words for uncertainty and variety are fear, instability, change, chaos, entertainment, suspense, exertion, surprise, conflict, and crisis. Do you know of any, anybody in your life that uh, has their need uh, for variety and uncertainty met through any of those things? The third need is for significance. Every person needs to feel important, needed, and wanted. As babies, we all need to feel that we're number one. Children in a family compete with each other and find a way to be special, to feel unique. Remember when I talked about when you're six and you kind of figure out the lay of the land, you know, in your family? If you're brought up to be competitive, you're going to be competitive. Um, Or if you feel like you're invisible, you're going to try to compete. Significance comes from comparing ourselves to others and our quest for significance. We become involved in hierarchical pecking orders and questions of superiority or inferiority. We can feel significant because we've achieved something, built something, succeeded at something, or we can seek significance by tearing down something or somebody else. In its positive aspect, significance leads us to raise our standards, but if we're overly focused on significance, we're going to have trouble truly connecting to others. Comparisons Uh, you know, focused on differences rather than commonalities. I know many, many people who uh, put themselves in a position of superiority. They know everything. They have all the answers. And guess what? You can't even correct them. For some, significance comes from providing for the family. For others, from doing meaningful work. Some need to make a major contribution to humanity. Some require immense wealth. Some people achieve a sense of significance from failure by being the worst at something or from having low self-esteem. Whatever the measure of significance, a sense of being important is necessary to all human beings. It's just a matter of how we go about getting that sense, getting that need met. Code words for significance are pride, importance, standards, achievement, performance, perfection, evaluation, discipline, competition, and rejection. The fourth need is for the experience of love and connection. Everybody needs connection with other human beings, and everyone strives for and hopes for love. And if it needs to be loved and cared for during a long period of time, if it's to develop normally, infants who are not held and touched, they will die. This need for love continues throughout our lives. It's epitomized by the concept of romantic love, the one person who will devote their life to us and make us feel complete. In some cultures, romantic love doesn't even exist. It's replaced by the love of relatives, friends, and and a tribe. Some people rarely experience love, but they have many ways of feeling connection with others. In the community and even in the workplace, the need to be loved is characteristic of all human beings. Code words for love and connection are togetherness, passion, unity, warmth, 
tenderness, and desire. The fifth need is for growth. When we stop growing, we die. We need constantly to develop intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. We grow and change physically as we develop from infancy to adulthood to old age. We grow and change emotionally with every single experience that we have. And we grow intellectually as we respond to events and to the world around us. We grow, grow, grow. Anything that you want to remain in your life, your money, your health, your relationship, your happiness, love, must be cultivated, developed, and expanded. Otherwise, it will degenerate. Some people satisfy the need to grow by working out physically or by reading books. Others need to study and learn constantly in order to feel that they're truly growing. The sixth need is for contribution, to go beyond our own needs and to give to others. A life is incomplete without the sense that one is making a contribution to others or to a cause. That's why people search for their purpose. And that's why people feel so lost when they haven't found their purpose and their passion. It's in the nature of human beings to want to give back, to leave a mark on the world. Giving to others may mean giving time to community service, making a charitable donation, planting trees, writing a book, or giving to one's children. Not only can everyone contribute in some way, but contribution is essential to a sense of fulfillment and to happiness. The first four needs, certainty, uncertainty, significance, and love, are essential for human survival, period. They are the fundamental needs of the personality. Everyone must feel that they've met them on some level, even if they have to lie to themselves to do it. But the last two needs, growth and contribution, are essential for human fulfillment. They are the needs of the spirit, and not everyone finds a way to satisfy them, although they are, they're necessary for lasting fulfillment. When our needs for love, growth, and contribution are satisfied, <clears throat> they tend to encompass all of our other needs. When we focus on something beyond ourselves, most of our problems and sources of pain become less significant. And I want to give you a hint. If you know somebody or if you yourself are experiencing what you would call depression or significant sadness, I will tell you the quickest fix for that is to get up and out and go help somebody else out. Because when we become what's called depressed, we are solely and over-focused on ourselves. We don't think about anything else except how bad off we are. Contribution is a human need that effectively regulates all of our other, other needs. So if you're focused on contributing to others, you have the certainty of being able to contribute. There's always a way. You have variety. Contribution is highly interactive. You have significance because you know you're helping others and improving their lives. Uh, and the spiritual bond created when you help others gives you a deep sense of connection. And lastly, you grow by creatively helping others. Everyone experiences the same six human needs. However, everyone finds different ways of satisfying them. 
Each of these needs can be met in ways that are positive or negative. Like I said, it's along a spectrum. Some ways are satisfying, you know, some ways of satisfying these needs uh, are good for the person, good for others, and good for society. And some are bad for others and everyone else. The need for certainty can be met by going to school and obtaining a degree that will ensure the possibility of making a good living. Or it can be met by doing as little as possible and avoid challenges. It can be met by stealing from others and hoarding money and material possessions. Or it can be satisfied by holding rigidly to a dogma or a doctrine. The need for uncertainty and variety can be satisfied by reading on different subjects and meeting different kinds of people, or it can be met by engaging in high-risk sports or by risking one's life through violent behavior. It can be met by engaging in extramarital affairs or simply by watching a movie once in a while and just changing things up. The need for significance can be met best uh, by being the best at something or by being the worst. The need for love and connection can be satisfied through performing good deeds and being kind or by dominating others who are forced to show appreciation. Think of North Korea and North Korea's leader. One can grow into becoming a better person or a despicable human being. One can contribute to the destruction of others or to the well-being of many. As in everything human, there are paradoxes involved in the experience of these needs. A person may have a strong need for certainty, but also a strong need for uncertainty, and therefore might constantly suffer an inner conflict as to which need is the most important to satisfy. The need for significance is often contradictory with the need for love. It's difficult to love somebody who constantly has to feel important. That's why so many successful people who satisfy their need for significance through work, have trouble in their close relationships, and often they feel like they're not truly loved, so they become workaholics, and most of their relationships fail. Okay, so now it's time for you to do the work. You, you've written down what the six human needs are, you're familiar with them. Now what I want you to do is on your paper, um, write uh one through six down, one, two, three, four, five, six on different lines. Okay. And I want you to list your needs in, in the order that they are most important to you. Number one being the most important need and number six being the least and take a few moments to do that. Next, I want you to write below that a one and a two. Okay. And you're going to have it's going to be the first need and the second need. So now I want you to identify uh, what your two most important needs are. And as you write them down, I want you to determine, um, I want you to identify how they've determined the course of your life. I hear a lot of people kind of, uh, you know, they'll say, but, you know, I have a need for uh, love and for significance. Well, you probably do, and you may, but which one truly trumps all of your decisions? And if you're truly honest with yourself, all of your actions. And then write down, take a few moments, how does this need, the need for certainty, 
the need for variety, the need for significance, the need for love and connection, the need for growth, the need for contribution. How does that determine the course of your life? How does that impact it? What, uh, what does it get you to do? How does it get you to be? Who do you become with that need? Uh, and then go ahead and identify that second need as well. Okay, the third part is now that you know your top two needs, I want you to think about this question. What would change in your life if one of them changed? And are you ready to change which needs you value most? So when you look at your life and you think about, okay, for the most part, I've made all of my decisions out of a need for certainty. I don't want to take risks. I need to know and be able to predict uh, life. And so that's why I have a schedule and I'm rigid about time and I have certain expectations. Um, what would, what would change in your life if you had variety as your top need? And are you ready to change that? Will you experience more freedom? Would you like to experience more freedom, more happiness? So just go ahead and identify uh, your top two needs and what would change if, if one or both of them changed and if they would change, what would you like your, your primary and your secondary need to be if they changed? And now that you've identified which ones, uh, you would like to change, I'd like you to identify how it would determine the course of your life. Who would you be that's different? How would you think that's different? What would you do that's different? Now I want to shift in a different direction away from you as an individual to you in a relationship. So if you're in a relationship, maybe even you just started to date somebody or you're kind of into the relationship or been with somebody for a long time, think about your relationship as I talk with you about these things. And if you're not in a relationship, maybe Think about a, a work relationship, a friendship relationship, um, whatever it is. And let's look at how you can improve that relationship by learning about their needs and how you can meet them. So get your paper and pen, and I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about that. And, um, and then we'll move on from there. So when you think about this relationship that you're... That you're um, putting in your mind. I want you to give yourself uh, some homework and a, and a little job. Um, I really want to encourage you to reach out to that person, your spouse, your partner, your friend, your business partner, uh, colleagues that you work closely with, and ask them how they would like to have their needs met. Okay? So you'll explain the six human needs you'll have them identify the first two needs that they have that are predominant. And then you're going to ask them specifically how they need that need met. You want to discover your, your partners uh, or your colleagues or your friends' preferences. And what has to happen for them to feel that their top two needs are being met? Have them get specific with you. 
literally concrete. That's one of the best ways. In in the 26 years that I've been working with couples, that's one of the things that I get them to do. Because I think, you know, sometimes if you're with somebody for a long time, it's like they're supposed to know. And maybe they are. Maybe you've told them a hundred thousand times, I would feel loved if you only bought me flowers once a week. You know, I would feel important if you called me during the day and told me that you loved me or asked me what I wanted for dinner. So have them identify their needs, have them get specific, because the more specific they get with you, the easier it's going to be to uncover and discover the triggers that will allow you to actually satisfy their needs and develop a a deeper relationship. And if if you're talking and thinking about your romantic relationship, you'll you'll develop a deepening love and attraction and understanding for each other. And I promise you, you will take your relationship to greater and greater heights. The second part of the homework is for you to share with your spouse, your mate, your colleague, your friend, what your needs are and how you would like your needs to be met. The trick with this is, okay, so let's say your spouse isn't open to that, okay? They're not the kind of person that wants to learn about human needs and how to do it and what to do. I want you to give yourself a challenge. And that challenge is for 30 days, okay? So I want you to also be aware that you know, your spouse may consider this a, a, a trade-off, right? So it, it's they, they may say, well, since I gave you yours, now you owe me mine. They may think you're coming from that perspective. If this is a concern, I want you to make sure uh, that you make it a point to give your spouse uh, what they need consistently for a period of 30 days without expecting anything back. And it really will store, restore good faith You know, it'll be, uh, you know, it'll encourage your spouse to be more responsive. And I guarantee you, there is such significant change that can happen when two people love each other. They may not be master communicators, but if they love each other and one spouse starts doing something differently to break the pattern and to uh, restore love and you do it with a positive intention, the other person responds in kind. It's amazing. I've seen it over and over and over again. At another time, I'm going to talk about the levels of relationships and how you can identify which level you're in. Uh, And it's going to help you understand whether or not uh, you're doing uh, what you're doing in relationship to get something back, to give love, or truly if all you are is a taker, and that's going to be important. I'd love to hear how your 30-day experiments go with your mates your friends, your colleagues, as well as what ahas you've had from this and other podcasts. So feel free to leave um, leave me a comment. You can write to me at Janice at JaniceRcohen.com or uh, you can leave a comment under the podcast. That'd be great. You could also leave a comment on my Facebook page the, called The Intuitive Therapist. I hope this has been helpful. I know it's been a, a deep, intensive Uh, to learn about what really drives you. But I can promise you this is like one of the best things you can do to learn about how to navigate your life in the best way in every kind of relationship that you have in your life. Um, If you feel like you're struggling with one of these and you really want to have uh, 
variety as your first one instead of certainty as your first need and you just don't know how to move out of uh, the mindset that you're in and you want to experience some breakthroughs, give me a call at 404-558-3971 or write me Janice at JaniceRCohen.com and let's talk because I'm, I'm feel pretty confident I can help you. Maybe you're somebody who wants a reading around any part of your life, love, money, relationships, um, work, right? Your future. Do the same thing. Reach out to me, Facebook or Janice at JaniceRCohen.com or call me 404-558-3971 and it would be my pleasure to, to do a reading for you because there's such amazing stuff that comes through. Uh, if you like what you hear on this podcast, please go to iTunes and rate it for me and uh, write a review because the more reviews I get, the more people I can reach uh, and I'd really, really be grateful. Wishing you a wonderful day, a blessed week, and as always, live intuitively. Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist with Janice R. Cohen. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review at iTunes.